0: Job 36, verse 27, it says, He draws up the drops of water which distill as rain to the streams. Of course, he's talking about the Lord. and says, The clouds pour down their moisture, and abundant showers fall on mankind. Who can understand how he spreads out the clouds, how he thunders from his pavilion? See how he scatters his lightning above him, bathing the depths of the sea. This is why he governs the nations and provides food in abundance. He fills his hands with lightning and commands it to strike its mark. His thunder announces the coming storm. Even the cattle make known its approach. At this, my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen. Listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning Beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, everybody say snow. (laughs) Fall on the earth and to the rain shower be a mighty downpour. So that all men he has made may know his work. He stops every man from his labor. The animals take over. They remain in their dens. The tempest comes out from its chamber. The cold from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice. And the broad waters become frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. At his discretion they swirl around over the face of the whole earth. To do whatever he commands. He brings the clouds to punish men or to water his earth and show his love. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonder. That last verse, you could put your own name in there. All right? Listen to this, Ed. Listen to this, whatever your name is, right? Stop and consider God's wonders. And Lord, that's what we want to do today. We thank you, God. We thank you for your word. Help me to speak what you put upon my heart, in Jesus' name. Well, the the message this morning is snow day. <laughs> snow day. Look at your neighbors. Say snow day. Amen. How many of you? How many of you like snow days? Uh, I mean, so, anybody not like snow days? <laughs> Okay. How many of you, when you were, how many of you who said you don't like snow days today? You like snow days when you were a kid and got you out of school. Okay, it's, yeah, circumstances, right? Well, I think every every kid, you know, probably likes likes snow days. Most every kid, right, he likes snow days. Um, I'm gonna this. Uh, there's things that I remember fun things you did. And snow days. Maybe some things you wish you hope your kids don't do. But a lot of fun things. How I mean, we built snowmen in snow days, right? We built uh, you know, you build forts and have snowball fights, right? Build igloos. We once we had huge snow there in Missouri one time and where I grew up and uh and so we took five gallon buckets and we filled them full of snow and stacked them and made igloos, you know. And, and then uh, my dad is a carpenter, and so we took one of his signs, Dale Hawkins Construction, and put it in front of the igloo, you know. And uh, so we had we had a lot of fun doing a lot of those things and snowball fights and all that stuff, right? Um, hockey. My my grandfather lived on 300 acres in the middle of Mark Twain National Forest, and our grandfather, we would go. He had uh, there were places we had a we had a significant creek that went through the property. There were some springs. And so a lot of the livestock would get their water from those areas. But there were some places where it wasn't accessible. And so my grandfather had various ponds throughout the property. And, uh, and they were just perfect for these kinds of days because they, they weren't that huge or uh, maybe 50 feet around or something, you know, 40 feet around. And not that deep, maybe 3 feet, 4 feet, something like that. And uh, so they were great because they would freeze more quickly than other things. And, um, and so it was great going out there and having a good time, right? We'd go out there and we'd have, a, so we'd have pond hockey, you know, and go out there and play, set up some, some nets. Really, it was like a rock on one side and a rock on the other. That was our goal, you know, some makeshift uh, hockey sticks and go out there have a good time, ride bikes on it, motorcycles, four-wheelers, all that stuff. Doesn't that sound fun? Huh? And, and and go out. How many of you go you go out there and you be so cold and you stay so long? Do you remember those days? And, and and your pants, your jeans would be so hard. You're know, walking through the snow. It was like bells. Anybody ever did that? It's just like bells, it's just hard. It was really bad when you had, it was the bell bottom days back then. They were really big, you know. It was together. You stay out so long, too long, your hands would be hurting, and you come in and you have to put them under the cold water. Do you remember the pain? You feel it, All right? Yeah. All that stuff. We were driving stuff across the the, the pond, and and uh, sometimes four wheelers, no big deal. Motorcycles, no big deal. Bikes, and that stuff. One day, my cousin decided he'd drive his. He had a chopped uh, VW, a Volkswagen, and um, and so he decided he'd drive it across it, and then it was cool. He slides across, it spins across, it, it was good. Second time, he goes slides part way across it, right in the middle of the pond, you know. And so anyway, good memories. How many got good memories of snow days? And you're praying, oh, God, let us know. I mean, as a kid, you're hoping, right? And then over time, you know, maybe sometimes, maybe things change. You feel a little bit different. But, uh, but as kids, you always love it. But the Lord dropped a message on my heart about this. And, and I saw something I never had seen before. Um, I want us to realize that the weather we've dealt with this past week is a real live Illustrated sermon to every one of us. And I believe none of us will ever look at these kinds of days the same again. It's very likely that that what happened here with, with Elihu, which who was sharing during this time in, 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 in the book of Job, it's very likely, very probable, that as he was speaking, the thing that started to cause him to think of speak about storms was probably because there was one on the horizon. And and so he was able to use that as a live illustrated message in speaking in speaking with Job. Now, admittedly, there are parts of the book of Job that are difficult to understand, right? Because you know, a lot of what's written in the book of Job are comments, commentary from Job's good friends <laughs> who, who weren't that helpful, amen? But it's all there. And, um, and so here Elihu is speaking, and, and although he has totally missed the mark on his understanding of Job and what Job was going through, Elihu was on target in speaking about some of the attributes of God and uh, about the power of God. And so it's here that we're picking up this story and, 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 and some of the insights and observations about God. And I, w- I want to specifically I'm going to draw attention to a couple of things. One, verse uh, verse 14 that we just mentioned, but also verse six, seven. And I want you just to listen. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to read it again. It says he says who God. God says to the snow, fall on the earth, and to the rain, be a mighty downpour, so that everyone he has made. May know his work, he stops all people from their labor. Did you get that? He causes the snow to fall. Sometimes he brings in the storm so that he has made, so that he, so that everyone he has made may know his work, he stops all people from their labor and so what's happened this week has been an illustrated sermon how many of you your normal routine has been interrupted (laughs) or stopped okay and we probably probably have met this with either two two different ways this week and so uh, how many of you guilty if you've grumbled over the weather I see some of you raising your hands while I go. Some of you are already being honest. Thank you, thank you, Kevin. You get the go. The, hey, honesty, man. Just grumbled over the weather, right? Just grumbled over the snow. I hate the snow. Hate the weather. Whatever, right? Now, on the other on the other hand, some of us have just looked at. How many of you had some fun in the snow? All right, had some fun in the snow. How many, you know either either one of those? If that's what we've if that's what we've done with it, we've totally miss the point if we have not stopped along the way and to consider the wonders of God. And so I'm thrilled that we were able to meet here today and to be able to come together with whoever can make it and that the Lord is saying to us in these times and let us never forget that this is an illustrated message. God's speaking to us whenever there's a snowstorm or whenever God sends a storm and the rain is pounding so hard that we have to stop and we have to halt what we're doing. Rather than be negative about it or upset about it or whatever or just happy about it, let's stop and acknowledge that God wants us to consider Him and His power and His goodness. And that's what you and I are able to do here today. I I, I think, is anybody anybody like this? I mean, even even growing up, even before becoming a Christian, there was something about the weather. There was something about storms. I really did. I always had a, a, a respect, a healthy respect for storms. But not a... Not a fear of just having to run in or something, you know, but a respect, and it always—I always felt a sense of peace and a a closeness, a a realization that God was out there. How many know He's there? Amen. And so, when we think about this, this this week's message um, that God wants us to stop and consider Him. I'm 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 glad that we're able to do that today, and that we're able to look and see, for one thing, the power of God, the power of God in nature and in the elements that He has created, Amen. And and we 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 we, we sing songs about it, right? And um, and one of the, what, the old songs we'd sing, "Oh Lord, my God, in whom I awesome wonder, consider all thy, the works Thy hands have made," right. He talks about the rolling thunder, right? Thy power throughout all the universe displayed. How great thou art, right? We're singing that. And God let us see it again, the greatness of God. It's amazing to me, you know what? It's one of the reasons in Romans chapter one that God says that man's without excuse because God's n- attributes have been clearly seen because God's revealed himself through nature. It's interesting to see even some of those, even some of those who, who were not enlightened to the truth, and um, some of the Native Americans, a lot of times they, they worship creation, they had a great respect for creation. How we know we ought to have a respect for creation. Right, and they realized there was something spiritual about it. They realized there was something spiritual about the weather and about things that would happen, and it caused them to be in awe. But they missed the mark, the connection on who that great one was, and it's the Lord God Almighty, Amen. And Lord, help us again. We have sometimes we've taken for granted these things. God wants to wants us to see, and He wants Him wants to reveal Himself, His nature amen through what we see and that's what's happened here in this illustrated message god is he's appealing to our senses and and when you hear the thunder god's appealing to our our ability to to hear one of the senses is hearing and god appeals to us through his son is through the through the thunder and he appeals to us through through our sight through the lightning and the lightning flashes and it gets a, gets our attention so a couple years ago i don't remember how long ago it was. i mean it was there was a storm moving in and it was like lightning and it was like nonstop lightning just constantly i mean it was like a fireworks display only much better (laughs) right just lighting up and and here's the thing so god's getting our attention he's he's appealing to our sight he's appealing to our hearing and um and and glad to have the kids here with us and kids that's why sometimes you ever notice that sometimes the lightning will flash and there's no sound until seconds later and then so lightning flashes and then then all of a sudden, you know, it roar and, and you hear it, right? Why does that happen? Because we know that light and sound travel at different rates. Light is so much, it, it travels so much more rapidly than, than sound does. And so first we see the light and then we hear the sound. How many of you were taught, even when you were young, how to, how to tell how far lightning was away? Right, yeah. You count. Here, here's what it is, kids. All right? If you'll see if you'll see if you'll see lightning when it flashes, then begin to count. 1001, 1002, 1003, 1004, 1005. And if it does it at the count of 5, all right? The count of 5 every 5 seconds, that means that lightning is a mile away. If you count 10 seconds, that means it's 2 miles away. If you count just 2 seconds, that means it's less than a half a mile away. It's four-tenths of a mile away, all right? And if you don't hear any break in it, I hope you're inside, because, you know, right? But that's how you can tell, okay? That's how you see that. And so, folks, God is hes demonstrating that. God is doing that. He's all-powerful, right? He's omnipotent. And it causes us to look up and realize the presence of the Lord. I'm glad that not only does God create the weather and the elements, but he controls them. And that's why, and it's amazing that when the disciples were with Jesus and and he was sleeping, he was resting, and he's not worried about it. He's He's not worried about the weather. He's not worried about the storms. The disciples are afraid they're going to die. Wake him up. And Jesus gets up and speaks to the storm. We all know the story, right? And he says to it, Peace, be still. Instantly. It's calm. The rain stops. The storm ends. Right? Because God has power. Not only to create these elements, but he's in control of them. And they were astonished. It's one of the great evidences that the man that they were following was truly God. That he was God in the flesh. Amen? Right? And so this, you know... So we, so we have this. and Verse 5 says, that, it says this, that God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. And, you know, so there's some things, how many of you admit, there's some things about God we don't understand. There's some things about weather we don't understand. Anybody ever had anything, maybe you put a lot of effort and energy into some big event or whatever, and you're praying, Oh, God, let us have good weather. And you have bad weather. <laughs> I, I remember. I mean, just you know, I, I remember years ago back in Missouri, we went to we had a Promise Keepers rally, and it was it was outside. It was it was there at a, at the University of Missouri, Columbia, and we we're there. They're all gathered there, and and man, and and I mean, tens of thousands of people are there, and and we're praying. Oh God, Lord, just move this outside event. And and you know what? I mean, it rained and thundered and lightning, and 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 they had to cancel it. They had to call it off. T- Th- tens of thousands of people there had to call it off. Who can understand that? Anybody, anybody have your any word for that? Does God not answer prayers? Does he not care? I mean, we're all gathered together there under His name. I don't know, Pastor Chase. I don't know why. I don't know why God didn't hold the reign. But I know this. He's sovereign. He's able to control it. And for whatever reason, a reason that I cannot possibly understand, for some reason, God held that back. How many you know there's some things on this side we'd love to have the answer to, but we never will? And it just relies, to us, it relies on us just trusting the Lord, you know? And how many of you know that we gotta, one of the things we've got to get used to in this life is that as God displays His power and His sovereignty, as He begins to move, sometimes God moves in ways that we don't understand. Sometimes He moves in ways we don't like. But He's still God. And that we will serve Him whether he answers in the way that we like or not, amen, because he's God. And so we understand the sovereignty of God and God's power. And this leads to another thing for us to consider, friends, and that is the providence of God. Providence has to do with the care God provides, that he's our guardian, the guardianship of our lives, and he's the guardian of us, amen, amen. And how do you know in that word providence what word do you see in the word providence provide, provide right? God provides for us in providence he, he provides and he enables, he equips us with what we need and, and this ought to bring a great deal of comfort to us and so when we see that, and we how I many. if you know the Lord and then he begins to move and he's moving in a, in a storm even on a snowy day, amen, that we see and we look up and we see the wonders of God and we're reminded, we ought to be reminded and be comforted, God you're still there you're still on the throne, folks how many you know all the stuff we see around us, isn't it great to have a break and to stop for a minute with all the negative things that we hear and see and the downers that we see and all of a sudden God comes over the horizon and he begins to display his splendor and many? Lighten- I mean, there was some lightning and a little bit of lightning and thunder before that storm moved in, moved in the other day right now I love this picture here I mean just the picture the amazing providence of God his power his peace right it ought to bring us comfort It's what gave strength to our forefathers in forming this country that we know as America. How many of you remember the, the Declaration of Independence? It concludes with this, what? And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of, what? Divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And so God is a God of of providence. How many believe that the Lord orders the steps of the righteous? Aren't you glad for that? As we yield to the God, God directs our steps. We're, We're yielded to Him. We're listening to Him. We're guiding Him. Amen. God sets up things in our life. I pray that, church, I pray that throughout 2024, that God will set up new, just divine encounters and appointments where you're meeting with God, and there's no way you can plan for it. But God, in His timing, sets it up. Amen. It might be in that prayer room that you have. It might be where you're driving down the road or all of a sudden you're doing something maybe you never planned to do that day, but God shows up right here in the service. Folks, God is still showing up in our lives. He's still guiding us. We're people of purpose. We're people who are guided, amen, by the Lord who made us. God's got you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got you. Amen. Providence of Almighty God. And it says in verse 13, he says this this is a, this is a standout verse. It says, and it says, it brings the, the clouds to punish or to discipline the people or to water his earth and show his love. Sometimes God brings punishment, sometimes it's discipline. There's places all through the Old Testament, places where God rained down hail. And I'm not talking about the little hail pebbles we usually get around here, you know. Um, that just maybe someone big enough to dent your car. You remember one of, the, one of the plagues that hit Egypt because of the rebellion against God, the unbelief that God rained down hail that was massive and destructive and deadly, took out all the crops, Right? Sometimes God has to move that way and reveals himself. At other times, it's God's way of provision. One of the great scriptures that we, many of us would know and, and refer to, and it's powerful out of Isaiah 55, 10, 11, and says, As the rain and the snow come down from the heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Amen. God is using, so let's not grumble, God's using the snow and the rain, even though sometimes the rain rains on our parade, <laughs> even sometimes the snow snows when the time is most inconvenient for us, right? How many of you know that this world is a lot bigger than me and my day, than me and my plan, than you and your day and you and your plans? There's a lot of other people involved, Right? And we can pray, oh God, don't let it rain today. I've got this event over here. I've got this wedding or whatever. Don't let it rain. And forgetting that, there are hundreds of farmers that are desperately needing of rain for their crop. We can be so selfish, can't we? So, so, centered, you know. It's like we expect God just to give us our own personal weather all the time, you know. Okay, fine, God, just give the farmers the rain, but keep this spot dry. And how do you know, God has done that before. Sometimes he breaks through and does that. Amen? But we trust Him. But it's uh, that whole thing, the rain and the snow coming down and watering and bringing forth fruit is also an illustration. It's an illustrated message of the impact of God's Word. For God says, as the rain and the snow comes and produces that kind of outcome, He says, so it is with my Word that comes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void but accomplishes the purpose for which I've sent it. And then one more thing I'll share. A snowy day should remind us of the purity of God. We serve a pure and holy God, right? There's nothing unclean in him and and when 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 people have that have seen visions of the Lord it's recorded in Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 and Daniel says I looked get this Daniel says I looked and thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat Whew. the ancient who's the ancient of days the Lord God, the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. This doesn't. This image doesn't really do him justice at all. But isn't that beautiful? How many of you have looked out the, looked out this week and you look at the snow and thought, "This is just beautiful." If not, what's wrong with you? <laughs> It's beautiful. Just crisp, clean, pure, beautiful, heaven-sent. Amen? And he looked at him and saw him that way. Revelation 1, it says this. It says, Among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. The purity of God. Amen? And how many of you know that God, because he, we were created and made in His image, and the whole desire of God is for God, to, for God to help us that we will become like Him? Right? That we will be like Him? How many of you know you were made in His image? Sin has marred that. And God is wanting to restore us into his image and make us too pure and holy, right? For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Hebrews twelve fourteen, right? Did you get that? Without holiness, without that absolute purity, no one will see the Lord. Well, you're like, how many of you are like me? Well, I'm out. <laughs> There's no way I could do that. And I can't, and you can't either. But there is a work through the power of God that is made to be so. And because of him, I am holy. And you are holy. If you have, like me, if you've repented of your sins, you've asked God to forgive you, and you've invited Jesus Christ into your heart, and, and you're totally committed to living for Him, you just want to love the Lord. Amen? In spite of the flaws that may happen occasionally, you are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And made us white as snow. Can you give God a hand for that? Amen? Hallelujah. David when he sinned the great sin of David when Bathsheba it's recorded in Psalm 51 and you can read that and and David's heart cry and he's pleading to the Lord and in that David after sin he, he cried out to God he said he said cleanse me Lord cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean wash me say wash me wash me and I will be whiter than snow So in spite of horrible sin and failure, God could come in, forgive, and wash when we are repentant and honest. Folks, it can't happen without repentance and honesty. And it leads to to a point here. He said, David said, wash me and I will be whiter than snow. He didn't say, Paint me so I will look as white as snow. He said, Wash me so I will be white as snow. Years ago, the Lord gave me a message, and it revealed and challenged the difference of two different kinds of lives one is whitewashed. Versus washed white. How many of you know there's a big difference between being whitewashed and being washed white? Jesus called the Pharisees a bunch of whitewashed tombs. What does whitewash means? It means it's painted over. You could take something that's dirty. You could you could there could be dirt on that wall, and and you take some white paint without removing the dirt. You take the white paint and you paint over it. It's whitewashed, but the dirt's still there. Folks, that's a whole message in itself. And we got to be careful in this Bible Belt culture that we don't fall into this trap that God just whitewashes our sin. He does not whitewash our sin. And there's a reason why when even the man came with such sincerity to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus didn't say, oh, excited, man. Praise God, we got a convert. Come on in. He said, he said tell me about yourself. And he began to deal with him. And he said, now you go sell what you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have, you'll have riches in heaven. And the man went away sad. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm not going to bypass that. I'm not going to whitewash you we got to deal with it. Why did he take the woman in the well? she had been through so much. Why did he say to the woman, well, go get your husband and, and uh, come back to me? And um, we'll talk about it. Why did he do that? Was he trying to bring up something old and horrible? No. He was needing her to address the issue so that she could be washed white. Friend, God wants to wash us white. There's nothing, there's no, there's no more shame, there's no more guilt, there's no more spiritual cancer inside of us, but it's washed, it's clean, and then we can go ahead. David says, Wash me, and I'll be white as snow. How many of you are glad you've been washed with the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Hallelujah. The purity of of God. By repenting, asking forgiveness, accepting Jesus, we can do this. So church this morning, on a snow day, we're going to take time to stop. Consider the Lord and His work.